Jones, 30, 35, 40, east of midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 38th episode of the podcast on September 11th, 2013. Yes, 12 years after that fateful day in American and even world history. And even then, you know, they went back to sports. Sports yeah. was the the biggest consolation to all of it and so today 12 years later we go back to sports mm-hmm. in in our, our way of remembrance it's a sports podcast here down the sidelines part of the show me your news network we kind of give a predictive element to the sports world and you know football is our big focus you know we pick games against the spread we are all about college and nfl football but you know we're gonna get into the red zone here very soon, where we have the three biggest sports stories of the past week, as we have shifted into our weekly episodes now. But Joel, how have you been? Good. Um, you know, just ready for the weekend. <laughs> like seriously, ready for oh, the definitely. weekend. Um, you know, we got some good football games coming up. Uh, some other sports stories to talk about, and. Um, just ready for Friday. <laughs> yeah, speaking of red zone, I got NFL red zone again. You know, a good oh. you know five dollar a month deal. I'm really happy to have that back. It is so nice. That felt good to have that. You know, the ten games going on on that you know yeah. one o'clock block for NFL Sunday. It's so hard to keep track of them. Otherwise, you're like checking your phone, you're looking at the computer, and you're like, I just, this one's not even on on my TV. Oh wait, red zone. <laughs> you know, I'm glad I got to watch NFL football because. College football this weekend was almost an entire wash. I mean, we were doing stuff in my basement. I think I've mentioned my basement, you know, kind of finishing project on the show. But we were doing plumbing, like finishing up the plumbing there, and it was a disaster. It took like mm. 10 hours to get fit. There were leaks. We had to take it down. The soldering was, you know, burning the copper wire and uh, the, the, the pipe. Oh, it was bad news bears. So. The only game I ended up seeing was the Notre Dame-Michigan game, mm-hmm. uh, Michigan being my alma mater. But, uh, yeah, that was... So you'll have to help fill me in a little bit about yeah, some of yeah, the college definitely. football happenings. I got a gist, but could not watch much of that. Anyway, yeah, I, I tried to get my variety, you know, mm-hmm. switching through the channels. So the U.S. Open tennis, we're going to go for the uh, stories that we looked at last week on the Red Zone here. Mm-hmm. Uh, U.S. Open Tennis, that did wrap up this week, and Rafa Nadal and Serena Williams did win, Yep. just as we said they would, uh, although yeah, we thought that Annie Murray would move on to the finals, and uh, mm-hmm. you had Vavrinka knock him out. Yeah, and then he did. Djokovic you know, ended up making it to the finals, uh, played Nadal pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Serena got pushed to three sets, but you know, she's just in a league of her own right now, and you know, has been throughout her career. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Pirates not only did snap the losing streak, uh, they confirmed the winning streak. Although, is that like the only win they got? They got one yesterday, though, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so that they was, got maybe two wins. That was when then, I definitely so. saw my Facebook and Twitter light up with people I know. Like, oh my gosh, this is like the first time since I was three years old or, or yeah. not even born yet. <laughs> so they had a winning season. So, And then they had our the week one takeaways for the college football, and that was a... Mm-hmm. A good you know section last week. Yeah. Um, we'll start with the 20-yard line in the red zone here. The United States men's national soccer team clinching their World Cup berth. It was against Mexico there in the CONCACAF tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was in Columbus. And apparently, I didn't know this, but there's a bit of a legend, if you will, about yeah. uh, USA and Mexico soccer or football matches in columbus ohio yeah uh because you know games used to be played you know in southern california or texas and they'd be very close to the mexican border so it wouldn't be a really u.s advantage so they mm-hmm. move it up someplace you know colder someplace more northern uh like columbus and apparently there's something i think it's called 
2 a 0. Mm-hmm. Where this is what now the third game that has been played in Columbus with USA versus Mexico, and all three times yep. United States has won two to nothing or yep. dos a zero. Uh, they even had a penalty kick lined up yesterday for Clint Dempsey. You know, in stoppage time at the end of the game, and he flubbed the kick. <laughs> like it, it wasn't like comically bad. But, like, he could have easily scored, but he just seems to almost intentionally miss. And he, you know, doesn't say if it was intentional or if he just, you know, struck the ball wrong. Yeah. But you got to think, the score was 2 to nothing at the time. That would have made it 3 to nothing. There would be no consequence in scoring another goal. Yeah. Maybe he just missed on purpose to keep the legend going. Maybe. I guess as long as they're not losing the other way around, then it's okay. <laughs> well, that's true because, you know, they usually do struggle... Uh, against Mexico when it's in yeah. Mexico. They only broke that streak within the past year or two. Yeah. Otherwise, it had been like 19, 20, you know, kind of number of matches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. Um, did you watch any of the game? Um, I just saw the highlights. I didn't get mm-hmm. to watch it. Um, but, you know, there's something to be said about um, it's like, you know, how you get into the World Cup It's you've got to play the teams, you know, in your region. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it this year, Mexico not as good of a team. Oh, they're also and, coming off their coach being fired. Yeah, losing uh, to Honduras. Yeah, and um, and and so then there's like people complaining about you know, oh, well, the U.S. gets in by playing weak teams or whatever. Well, this is the format that we have, so it's like there's yeah. no other way to do it. Um, and so, not playing it, South American teams, you're not playing teams from UEFA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just you play to get in and if you know they go in and they win then what is there really to complain about you know though if, if they need a better team in the world cup then you will know right away right so though the united states men's team they've been playing you know very good soccer uh mm-hmm. you know much better in terms of just you know regular friendlies and matches than they usually have in, in quite some time uh they've been going on a winning streak for quite some time i think it was mm-hmm. Something like an 11-game winning streak yeah. a little while back. It was something pretty substantial uh, as far as, you know, national teams. And granted, it could be, you know, the competition. But USA has had some recent World Cup success, and it was, you know, mired by, you know, struggling in these friendlies. And to see them take care of business is it's a good sign going into the 2014 World Cup. Yeah. Rio. It's, you know, at least... It, if anything, it'll get a few, you know, more out there interested in watching it. Because, you know, when the World Cup comes around, it seems like all these people come out of the woodwork that could usually care less about soccer here. Um, you know, I'm not sure many people realize, but it's not really the most popular sport here in our country. No, and there's um, always topics that come up that say, like, oh, you know, will this be the time that soccer catches on in America? Yeah. Like, oh. It's like we're not, not another expecting kind of football, you know? them to to go out and win the World Cup because it's you know other parts in the world you know they are they have much better teams. It's just overall they're much better. But it's always nice to see them go out and you know win a game or two, perform a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, and and I think in a way sometimes when you see that it does get a few more people interested because you've got the bandwagon effect. <laughs> That's true. Um, which I mean, in any sport, it's always like that. I the Pirates this year, <laughs> all these people sure. who could care less about them usually are like going to the games and wearing their jerseys, and they would never do that before. So true. Well, we make the play here on down the sidelines to kind of give a predictive element to the sports stories. So for this one, will the United States of America clear the group stage in the 2014 World Cup? I think they will. Of course, you have to hope that they don't encounter a group of death. Yeah. That would be unfortunate. But I think they've been playing well enough as long as they keep it up. You know, they have to get back, you know, some of their players that have been injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, there's the defenseman, I think, is his name is escaping me. But you know, he rolled his ankle pretty nastily and... You know, hoping that heals up and he can come back in time. You know, it's June 2014, so you have about nine months or so 
away <laughs> from the tournament in Rio de Janeiro. I don't think they'll make it too much farther than the group stage. Uh, it seems to be kind of where U.S. soccer is right now, but you never know. They could have a magical year yeah. uh, happen before where they you know, at least made top eight or top four. But I think they could clear the group stage. Um, yeah, I definitely think that they can, too. It's kind of about, um, you know, where you're grouped and who you're grouped with. If, you know, if, you're, if your group is, you know, there's two or three teams in there that are just kind of overwhelming, then it's really going to hurt their chances. But I think as long as there's only maybe, like, one team in their group that they're, you know, that they would probably lose to, like, every time, then... Um, then I think that gives them a much better chance. Um, so I'm going to say, yeah. It all comes down to seeding. I mean, mm-hmm. if they get you know the top seed in the CONCACAF, like, that can only help you know the group that they're paired in, unless yeah. you get some fluky things where really good teams don't you know, reach the same seeding. And oh, that. yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you've got a lower seed who's just playing really well at the end there. Mm-hmm. So there's upsets. Oh, very true. 10-yard line here. Why don't you tell us about that one? Um, all right, so who's it? Um, Sports Illustrated. Yes. Yeah. Sports Illustrated. Um, they've been talking about this for a while now because uh, I actually saw this last week. Um, oh, wow. That th- they were talking about how there was going to be a um, a story, like a the story about a payment scandal um, that went on at Oklahoma State. Um, let's see, what were the years again? Um, it was like 2003? I want to say 1 to 7. Oh, 2001, yeah. Starting 2001 all the way up in 2007, um, where they talked to former players that had played for Oklahoma State, and they stated that, um, you know, they were paid money. You know, this is not like their scholarship money. You know, they're all paid their scholarship money, but they were paid extra for, you know, kind of like a bonus program kind of thing where if a player would perform better on the field then he would get paid more money if um, you know, a pay- a player did extra chores or something for a coach at their house or something like that, then he'd get paid money um how there was a uh, like a hostess program where I don't know, it was like some kind of uh Oklahoma State like pride program or something where they had like ladies of the evening or whatever you know come and they basically pay for sex acts and well the just, idea would be that they you know are there to promote the the football program and its activities yeah. but that's those are the accusations yeah. it's just there are lots of I mean there are really lots of things thrown out here and um, it's interesting because. If you go back and you think to that time period, you have to think about, well, who was the coach of Oklahoma State at that time? Um, you guys would know him as LSU's head coach, um, Les Miles. Um, I mean, you know about Les Miles. Yeah, I think uh, whenever the the job came open in Michigan recently, he was definitely one of the candidates. Absolutely. That's, because the, he's, that's he's, the local angle yeah, here. Yeah, he's a Michigan that... guy. I mean, that's yeah. It seemed really obvious there, and you know, done a really good job down in the SEC. I mean, he's basically made that program into a national power, and um, so let's see. He was there for I believe three years, Mm -hmm. right? And then the offensive his offensive coordinator Mike Gundy, who I'm sure lots of people know for the the statements that he made in press conferences. Come after um, me. I'm a man. I'm yes. 40. Yes, the man, uh, Mike Gundy, became the new head coach there. And um, let's see. Um, another reason why this story re- really interested me is because one of the assistant coaches that was Mike Gundy's assistant coach, um, he is now the special teams coach here at WVU. Mm -hmm. And he's also one of the people who there were players that said, oh, well, he gave me money for certain things. Interesting. And so that's really interesting for us. Um, His name is, his last name is DeForest. 
and he was our defensive coordinator last year for um, that memorable defense that we had last year, <laughs> um, and kind of lost his position as defensive coach, and they brought in a new guy, and um, and now he's a special teams coach. Um, so it was really interesting when this came out last week because. Um, especially as they talked about it and then watched our game this weekend, they were like, oh, special teams, uh, like, <laughs> just get rid of them, like, you know. So not only have you got Oklahoma State doing internal investigations of themselves and contacting the NCAA, but now, like, our athletic directors, you know, ask the guy, you know, if you've done any of this stuff, did you bring it over here? And they're talking to the NCAA, too. So it almost makes me wonder, like, was Les Miles doing at LSU um, to, you know, make sure nothing's happening there yeah. as well? Because of all the places of, of these things, I got to imagine, like, there's probably something been happening to LSU, which I just feels like. Yeah. It. Like. Something in the water. Yeah. But, I mean, because a lot of these players... um they make statements about how a lot of these guys who were claiming these things, you know, they a lot of them didn't finish school or they, um, you know, maybe weren't like picked in the draft or whatever because Dropped they've got the a lot team. of yeah they've got a lot of the people who were well known um, players in the program and ended up being well known NFL players um, stating that there was nothing that ever happened here. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of interesting to hear the back and forth. Um, and then, you know, I haven't myself got to read the the article or anything like that. I'm sure that I'll eventually do that. But um, it's very, very interesting to hear all these accusations back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely tell you that the local angle here was, you know, wow, did we dodge a bullet with uh, with Les Miles? <sighs> you know, I couldn't even imagine like what yeah. that would be with. Yeah, this hanging over his head if you were the coach at Michigan. Yeah. Uh, so let me make the play for you here. Will any penalties result beyond probation from an NCAA investigation? So if it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, you're on probation for five years from the NCAA, like, that doesn't count. Hmm. You know, will there be, like, you know, vacated wins or loss of scholarships, things like this from an investigation? I mean... I almost, like, when I think of it, um, I kind of, what you have to do is you have to look at examples around the entire scope of college football. You have to look at um, what kind of penalties are being handed out for what's going on around these other places. And that's where, I mean, when I think of it in that mind, when I think of it that way, um, I'm going to say no, (laughs) just because... Um, the NCAA seems to um, not really know how to handle <laughs> what they're doing out there half the time. I mean, they they get claims on something, and then they can't determine whether or not it's true or not, and so they just kind of make up a penalty. Um, then they go to their bylaws and say, oh, no, this is definitely what we should do here. But I don't really think, like, I've never even seen the bylaws. I don't think that i think they're just making things up mm-hmm. so um i'm gonna say no just because based on what i've seen recently with oregon you know i mean that's just crazy that you know that, that they got the, the the diminished punishment they got the thing with johnny manzel where they they really weren't sure what to do so they just kind of were like ah, half game <laughs> like they really had no clue what to do and um so that's why I'm going to say no. I mean, there's some really serious stuff here, and it's kind of like gross to think about. But um, I just I really don't know how they're going to if they do the investigation, how they're going to determine who's telling the truth or not. I agree. How do you make it stick? You're absolutely right here. That's why I agree. I don't think anything you know comes you know beyond a sort of probation or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just yeah, you look at the Johnny Manziel case. That seemed almost as slam dunk as slam dunk gets, and you're right. Like, how does the NCAA handle this? Like, what are they thinking? Do they know 
how to deal with issues like this. And I'm more inclined to believe the players who, if they were given any money, it would have been them. It would have been the star players. Yeah. And not the disgruntled players who might be just trying to stir the pot and you know come up with something. So we will see how this develops. But mm-hmm. I don't even think like you know Les Miles gets some sort of punishment at LSU because some of these punishments or you know crimes or whatever whatever you want to call it infractions there's a statute of limitations on them yeah it's, it happened a while ago and so they've you know, kind of faded away in the relevance of what they're looking to punish mm-hmm. anyway the five yard story here we uh you know biggest story of the week was the nfl beginning its week one so we're looking at our some of our takeaways and, you know, this can, you know, eventually segue into, you know, our, our recap of the six games that we picked against the spread in our pick six. Uh, but what were some things that jumped out at you? I mean, NFL kickoff, for yeah, one. Well, yeah. uh, it's, there, there's many stories that came out of that. I mean, uh, you know, the first one was uh, the delay mm-hmm. for the game itself. Um, yeah, you mean how the NFL season got delayed longer than Johnny Manziel did? Yeah. A 34-minute delay versus a 30-minute suspension. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whenever that kind of thing happens, you got to think, man, this game better be good. <laughs> and, um, wow. <laughs> Not really what I expected from that. Um, I mean, just, uh, you know, almost set all record set. I mean, we kind of did in a way. Just yeah. by the amount of times that Peyton Manning has done that kind of thing, but I mean, I don't know if you'll ever see him throw for seven touchdown passes again in one no. game. Um, but I mean, it, it's kind of surprising because uh, it's a story of two halves with that game. Um, you know, Ravens pretty much owned the first half, and I mean, they Ravens could not do anything right in the second half, and oh. the Broncos were scoring every time they had the ball. Yes. So, 462 yards, seven touchdowns for Peyton Manning. I mean, that's that's the big thing. Fantasy owner. <laughs> yeah. I saw a couple instances of where Peyton Manning was on a team and that team lost. How bad does the rest <laughs> of your team have to be? Uh, Adrian Peterson scores like a 77-ish yard touchdown yeah. in his first carry. And he gets held at 10 yards the rest of the game. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. It's that Detroit Lions defense. <sighs> that game, uh, Lions did not play well at all. It was a bunch of same old Lions for the beginning. How about and Reggie then, Bush? Reggie Ooh. Bush, you know, he got his you know career long in the touchdown. It was a receiving touchdown, about 75 mm-hmm. or so, 77 yards, uh, just right up the middle on a good you know screen pass. Uh, exciting, you know. But they but they ran the ball. That was, I, I, like, I don't I don't think a lot of people were expecting they'd be able to do that. Well, Minnesota is missing Kevin Williams on their defensive mm-hmm. line, uh, and Minnesota made more mistakes than the Lions did, and the Lions sure made some. Especially Calvin Johnson. You're talking about getting more touchdowns, and yeah, he gets a complete the process call overturning <laughs> one of his touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, Tom Brady and the Patriots, you know, barely beat the Bills. That was something. Um, um let's see. Was it the Terrell AFC Pryor? North? Oh, yeah. Terrell Pryor made the Raiders watchable. Yeah, definitely. Who like who would have expected that? Not I, me. No, never. When um, I when I heard that he was starting, I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, you also uh, had all the safeties too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um. One committed, I think, by like a former Mountaineer. He, it was probably the most embarrassing safety that I've ever seen. Um, he caught the uh, the kick return on the one yard line, backed up and kneed, kneeled down. <laughs> well, I think he was standing in the end zone, but the thing was the ball didn't cross. Yeah, lane, so it was still out there, and that that mm-hmm. was that was the big thing. Uh, and Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick for the San Francisco 49ers. Like, he's got that dual threat, you know, pass and run. He could run, but you know, he beat Green Bay with that 412 yards of passing. That was impressive. Yeah, I mean, that was probably the best game 
there was. Mm-hmm. Um, all, what was it all the AFC North teams lost? Yep. Yeah, that's Every something. single one of them. That was a tough one for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, New York Giants had six turnovers, and yet they were within striking distance to win that game. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And then Chip Kelly in that offense. Y- yeah. Wow. It was that, awesome. It was exciting to watch. And even then he said, like, it was too slow. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to hope yeah. that Mike Vick, you know, Sean McCoy, Deshaun Jackson, they all stay healthy. And you know what? I still think that's a good Redskins defense. I think they just got shell-shocked. Like, they just were not ready. Oh, I mean, it was, it was tough. I mean, Philadelphia drives down the field. Then they have, gosh, what was it? Some sort of strange turnover. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was the deflection from Ryan Kerrigan on the defensive line mm-hmm. on a, what was you know, ruled as a backward pass and then taken by D'Angelo Hall, fumble return all the way back. And then you know, the Eagles then get a field goal. And then on Washington's first snap with RG3, you know, the, the return and everything, hands yeah. off to Alfred Morris, fumble. Yep. Uh, that was, yeah, that was blowing them right out of the gate. Chargers yeah. were blowing the Texans out of the gate, and then the Texans mount a crazy second-half comeback and, you know, nip by a, a last-second field goal. <laughs> they remember that they were the Texans. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's see. One of the more interesting things is, you know, Adamican Sue gets uh, – Nail for a hundred thousand dollar fine for what is ruled as a dirty tackle. You want to talk about possibly dirty tackles? How about Clay Matthews flying out of bounds to body slam Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> I was like, what is he doing? Look, I get Indomitian Sue has a reputation about him with you know stepping on you know the hand and all that, or all the other things he's done. I get that. But I don't see that as intentionally going low with the purpose of you know blowing out a guy's knees. He was even saying, and you know, the guy he hit and they patched it up quickly and, and fine and all that mm. as far as the conversation. But he was trying to go for the hip. Was it needed? Would DeAndre Levy have taken that interception and turned all the way back for touchdown? Yes, it was not needed. But I don't think it was an intentional dive at the knees to intentionally go low. Yeah. I think because football is a fast-moving sport, people can change positions, just like we've been talking about with lowering the head. You know, suddenly last minute, and then you're clocking them in the helmet. Helmet to helmet hit. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, the Cardinals look like they'll, they're a lot better. Um, yeah. Because, like, I think the Rams are going to be pretty decent this year. Um, it's the, an even line this week. Lions at Cardinals. Yeah. Um, was it? Uh, I know the Jaguars are really bad, but the Chiefs are looking better too. Oh no, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, I think that's going to be a good marriage between coach and team. Mm-hmm. Um, good to have a, a quarterback that's competent as well. Oh yeah, that helps. Um, talk about a dumb penalty. I know Geno Smith, your boy, West Virginia. He escaped with that one. Yeah. You get a, a terrible, terrible penalty laid by the Buccaneers. And uh, the Jets are able to you know, be in range to kick that game-winning field goal. Yeah. I I just, I still can't believe that he was, like, throwing in the direction of Revis so much. That was crazy. Yeah, he, um, said he, he ain't scared. <laughs> um, oh, America's team. Oh. <laughs> um... Let's see. Uh, now let's let's we can you know get to some of those you know quickly in the recap. Uh, you mm-hmm. know the more specific. Games, oh oh oh! Just the um. I was gonna say, the Saints are out for revenge this yeah, year. Yeah, they get Sean Payton back, and although you know it did take a goal line stand, and we gotta remember that. Like mm-hmm. it could have easily been you know a one point loss, but mm-hmm. you know you gotta give him credit. A win's a win in the NFL. Yeah. It. Even if it's not pretty. I mean, you just, I think that, I think they made, made a statement that first week because not many people expected that. All right, well, let's make the play here. Uh, will Indomitian Sue be suspended for any amount of games this season? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I Even though it's an NFL record, $100,000 fine. So, uh, gosh, yeah, maybe. 
I don't think he will. I think he's a, a defensive captain this year, one of the defensive mm-hmm. captains. And so he's trying to take that, you know, responsibility on his shoulders. And I think if you do that, you, you let down the team. So I'm going to predict that he doesn't, but uh, he's also appealing the fine. So they think it's, you know, too extreme, which I would agree with. So they'll see if they can lower that. But, you know, with the pace the NFL is on, I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really think that, like, referees are out to like find him and be like oh you know ever since you did that one thing we're just we're watching you so much closer than everybody else don't don't trip over anybody or we'll say (laughs) that you're stepping on their throat um i don't think so um I, i mean again there's the much worse things have happening by i mean players that everybody thinks are like gods yeah <laughs> and um they you know they get off scot-free so i don't know i, I thought that was kind of weird but uh, i don't think that he will get suspended mm-hmm. so. all right let's make this quick go through our replay and our pick six replay we're looking at the games from last week you know we had the our picks against the spread and see how we did start at florida at miami plus three the gators were favored by three but some costly turnovers you know miami Play well with Duke Johnson at running back. Miami mm. wins 21-16. This was one of the games that I like listened to all the way through. Like I found an app on my iPhone where I could like listen to the radio in Miami nice. <laughs> um, while I like mow the lawn. <laughs> mm. And um, like I, it, it was tight, and like I was like I was like, come on, come on, come on, because like yeah, I don't know. I, it's weird because like they used to be like our rivals for the longest time. We like hated Miami, but like ever since they left and they became awful and went through all those things, I was just like, I think it'd be good to see them be good again. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be kind of nice just because uh, you know you've got you've got all the other like traditional Florida powers, and it seems like we're always kind of waiting for them to come back. And every time we say, "Oh, they're back," they're hit with ncaa you know violations or they're just not very good mm-hmm. so yeah i mean really their defense just played amazing in that game it because, sure does uh i mean and everybody could say oh well the florida's offense is just not very good i think that there's a lot of really good athletes on that team they just don't really know how to run that offense yet mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I, st- I still don't know about that cornerback yeah um yeah, I think he should. Uh, he's good at running. I mean, <laughs> just have him run the ball. I don't know. Have Driscoll be the next Tebow. Yeah. Cincinnati at Illinois plus seven and a half. Ah, did not see this coming. Illinois, one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, winning 45 17. <laughs> now, Cincinnati lost their quarterback, uh, Munchie. Lego. What's his last name? Lego. And Munchie I believe Lego. it's That's spelled right. yep. with an X. Yes, like the kind of French mm-hmm. spelling. But that was late in the game. I mean, yeah, that was pretty out of hand already. Uh, I, surprised. Yeah, I mean, this kind of worries me because I thought Cincinnati would be like the team that could challenge Louisville mm. for that American athletic conference. conference yes. yes, American Athletic Conference crown. Uh, at but, this point in the season, not so much. No. no. Oregon oh. at Virginia, plus 21 and a half. Uh, Oregon gets 59 points. They only had the ball for 20... One minutes, something like that. I, it was absurd. They scored so fast. I think it was twenty-one nothing, like with four minutes left in the first quarter. Oh wow, that's, that's yeah. crazy. I mean, they're they got one one of the best running backs in the game. They've got a receiver who looks like he's going to be like the next really good receiver out there and their quarterback's really really good they've got depth too that's the scary thing yeah they've got that big tight end that they just play everywhere mm-hmm. south carolina at georgia minus three uh, aaron murray leads the bulldogs to a victory Clowney mm-hmm. not as effective yeah I, I mean surprise they're trying to game plan around uh, you know a really strong defensive end double team them some may even go as low as chop block him but it's you know the short, effective passes, and Murray can even let it air deep. That they needed a quick start in that game, and they got it. I like. I know South Carolina came back and kept tying the game, but 
I think the fact that they started really fast helped them throughout that game because I, I think eventually South Carolina just got tired. Mm-hmm. Couldn't couldn't keep up with them anymore. So now Georgia's right back in it. That's great. That, I mean, that's exactly – it was an out-of-conference game last week. You know, I mean, they kind of just forgot – Yeah, yeah, they just kind of forgot about it, and now they're right where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Dialed in. Mm-hmm. Your West Virginia Mountaineers at Oklahoma, minus 20 and a half. Um, yeah, I think it's a bit of both here. I think you know, West Virginia you know, held their own relatively well, but Oklahoma not playing up to snuff as well. They well, not only that, but they, uh, they ended up benching their starting quarterback. Um, he, because he came in last week and he was, you know, ran for all these yards and it's apparently the better passing threat between the two quarterbacks they have there. And um, he came in through two interceptions, and eventually they took him out and put in the what do they call him? The do what was it the bulldozer or the bell? Like, yeah. The bell dozer, yeah. Yes. Um, and you know, just pounding the ball and, and running. And, and in the off season, they had switched their offense a little bit to be less of like a power running team and more of like a spread team. And I feel like they're gonna have to change that because I don't think they're. Pers- I don't think who they have a good bunch of running backs. I think what they have there is more built for a power running team. And th- I mean that's what they did well. They ran all over us, but we were able to keep them out of the end zone and stuff. I it's really nice to see because like a lot of people, you know, we win that game. A lot of people thought we were any- we we're just gonna get blown out. But uh, it looks like our defense is solid, especially our r- red zone defense is really good. And, um, of course, you know, we lose all this offensive talent. So now our offense is awful. <laughs> but at it's, least it's we not have as a awful defense. as Michigan State, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, um, so, yeah, I mean, this, I don't know, it's definitely something positive. But, like, you know, uh, we kind of have to figure out the offense. Like, we had picked our quarterback everything, but now our coach is saying the job's wide open again. Oh. Because they couldn't, I mean... We, Sounds we exactly scored. like Michigan State yeah. competing so. <laughs> four quarterbacks for the top spot at this point in the year. Yeah. Ugh. But but thank you, team. You got me a <laughs> I got picked you a win. <laughs> there you go. Notre Dame at Michigan under the lights of the big house, minus three and a half. Michigan pulls it off forty one to thirty, but not without some heart attack moments. <laughs> Tell you what, like Devin Gardner throwing the worst pass out of the end zone I've ever seen in my life. Take the safety. You're up by two scores. Instead, you're trying to throw it away when you're being kind of dragged to the ground, and you throw it up for grabs for an All-American defensive line in Notre Dame to catch it for a touchdown. Yeah, I mean that's that one's going to be on his highlight reel forever. I mean, although, that was just... I'll, I'll tell you what, he played great the rest of the game. Oh um, yeah, but you know what surprised me is I, at one point I changed to watch that game, and it seemed like it was over. Like, Michigan had it well in hand, and all of a sudden I changed back, and it's just really close. And I'm like, You saw my nervous choke tweets. It's not the first time it's happened with Michigan, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, you finished strong, and uh, defense made the key plays at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. You need it, so. Well, next next they get Akron and Connecticut, and they're awful. So, (laughs) both at home. I think Connecticut's on the road. It doesn't matter. They're awful. Get the the quarterback out at halftime. There There you go. go. Break in some new running backs. Washington State at Southern Cal. USC was favored by 14 and a half. And they put up seven points and Wazoo <laughs> beats them 10 to 7. That's wow. crazy. Uh, big, what's the big win for the mad scientist? The Cougars. Is, isn't their coach... Uh... Is it Mike Leach, I think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. He's, I he's, mean, he's got that defense dialed in. It just sounds like an unwatchable game. I mean, my <laughs> goodness. Lane Kiffin should be ashamed. Yeah. He's a supposed offensive genius can only put up seven points at home. That's do, unbelievable. Do, do they make a bull game this year? At this rate, no. No way. Washington State is one of the worst teams in the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, looking at their schedule, they, they got Notre Dame, they got Washington, they got Oregon. They get wow. Oregon. Yep. It's going to be tough. Be very tough. I went three and four this week. You went four and three. I think that Florida Miami game was a swing vote. That, oh, was, that was Miami. That was the big one there. 
Uh, we've got Detlef Schrempf and Decaf78 who come in at 8 and 6 for the two weeks total. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm down to 6 and 8, and you're at 7 and 7. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it'll get some spreading out within the couple weeks there. Uh, NFL was not as predictable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts with Atlanta at New Orleans. We said, you know, Sean Payton, the return kind of inspired the team. It was a minus three, so the Saints were favored by three. Yeah. Uh, and Atlanta, you know, they were making a drive late. New Orleans had to make a goal line stand on their supposedly terrible defense that, you know, Rob Ryan's got playing pretty well. Yeah. They went 23 to 17. Uh, Minnesota, Detroit, we also mentioned minus five. Uh, Lions favored by five. Uh, that game was back and forth early, and then the you know, Lions start pulling away. Minnesota, Christian Ponder making more mistakes. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. We talked about the really bad penalty that gave the New York Jets the win against Tampa Bay. Yep. Bucks favored by three, but the Jets pull it off with a one point victory, 18 to 17. Yeah, I mean, that. I didn't really think they'd win that game, even if it came down to a terrible penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, you know, the people, the Jets fans can be happy for another week. But then they're playing New England on Thursday, so <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll see how that goes. What about these next three? Um, you know, Green Bay at San Francisco was pretty much my game of the week. I I thought that was awesome. That was um, a great game. I mean, I mean, a lot of people thought San Francisco would just go in there and roll, but I, I think Green Bay looked a lot better than I thought they would. Um, but, yeah, I mean, San Francisco, you know, coming in and just finishing the game at the end. I mean, kind of put like a st- – kind of stepped on Green Bay's throat there at the end. A little bit. And uh, Bolden played great. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That play at the end of the game was just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he definitely is made an impact right away. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure the Ravens would have loved to have him back this past week. Um, yeah, San Francisco wins that one by six. So they cover. And then um, let's see. We got the Giants at the Cowboys. And uh, Dallas was favored to win that one, and they did. In Jerry World for the first time against the visiting Giants. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cowboys got a lot of defensive touchdowns based off of those turnovers. I think this game could have easily been oh, yeah. a New York Giants victory. But the, you can't fumble the ball, David Wilson, twice. I was going to say, it's, it's definitely going to be, like, I, what interests me more is the other teams in that division. Oh, yeah. Now, it's, the way, like looking at them watch, now. Yeah. Um, and then we had, you know, Philadelphia and Washington. Uh, Philadelphia coming out there. Um, you know, Washington had a lot of bad breaks on offense with those turnovers. Um, but Philadelphia just looked really slow, especially early in that game. They were kind of rolling. <laughs> Amazing that Washington, you know, tried to make the comeback. Oh, you know, 33 yeah. to 27 was a final. I mean, it was like, 33 I, to 7 at one point. Yeah, I stopped watching that game at one point and I cuz I thought it was just going to be a blowout. So it was nice to see Washington come back a little bit. But it was definitely impressive to see that offense mm-hmm. uh, trying to make a oh, transition. Oh yeah. Wow. So uh, that's a great first week for me right there. 1 and 5. I got the San Francisco pick, right? Yeah. That was about it. That's pretty embarrassing. Everyone else got 3 and 3, including you. So yeah. I, I think that there was a lot of surprises, though, in the first week. I mean, there are a lot of teams that I didn't, like, I'm looking at them now, and even after one game, I'm like, I think they might make the playoffs because they just looked really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I'm a couple games back. We'll see how it continues throughout the season. Now mm-hmm. let's go through our pick six quickly, make our predictions against the spread here. We're going to start in college football for week three. Louisville. Goes to Kentucky as a 13.5 point favorites at 12 p.m. Eastern time. We've got the Cardinals in this one. Uh, Kentucky has not been an SEC power for a long time. And you've got Teddy Bridgewater coming in, looking to make an impression, trying to get, you know, the Heisman, you know, get that front runner position. I think it's no problem for Louisville. Give me the Cardinal against their in state rival. Um, who did Kentucky, didn't they lose the first week? I believe they did lose to an FCS team. Okay. I thought that was them. 
because I think that same FCS team played was Tennessee either Eastern last or week. Western Kentucky. Yeah, they pay, they played Tennessee. It's the team that um, well, what's his name is the coach of, um, Petrino, or yeah. Is it, let me look it up quickly for I you. I think that's right. I'm pretty sure that it's the team that he is because I'm pretty sure they played Tennessee this week, and they ended up getting stomped or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean Louisville. You know, I think the Western Bridgewater. Kentucky. Yeah, the Bridgewater train continues. You know, more Heisman hype. I think he can put up even you know really good stats against them. Um, I just don't think they. I don't think they can really handle him defensively and um they've already had their struggles early this season so i think like i I don't necessarily i think there's still some issues with louisville that we haven't seen yet because we haven't really seen them play anyone who has the same kind of talent as them right i don't don't know if they're gonna face anyone like that i don't know either i mean but kentucky definitely can't won't be able to keep up with them i'm I'm taking louisville ucla at nebraska minus four and a half Four and a half point favorites for the Cornhuskers at 12 p.m. Eastern. What's your thought on this one? I think this has the potential to be a really good game. Um, just because um, I'm thinking, you know, Nebraska is definitely the superior offensive team of these two. But UCLA has a much, much better defense than Nebraska is. Um, and so, you know, I I usually tend to lean more towards the defensive, you know, who has the worst um, group of people on the field? And I think the worst unit on the field is in the Nebraska defense. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to go with UCLA because I feel like in a shootout, um, they'll be able to win this. Because the thing, the thing that I notice about Nebraska's quarterback more than anything is that when he gets flustered, it seems like if he throws an interception, he's always going to throw another one. It's really strange because he'll put up crazy numbers, but then he'll also make really stupid turnovers. And that's just the reason I'm going to go with UCLA. Yeah. Nebraska's played nobody so far. Uh, Wyoming and Southern Miss. Whereas UCLA you know, has Nevada, and then they got a bye week. Uh, I, you know, I, I trust the defense as well. Uh, I know Nebraska has not had the strongest defense so far. They could turn on the offensive side of the ball, but mm-hmm. I've got the Bruins as well. Uh, you know, give me the, give me the, them for the win. Not yeah. even just, you know, saying that Nebraska won't cover. I'll take UCLA mm-hmm. there as well. Alabama at Texas A&M plus seven and a half in college station at three thirty PM Eastern. It's the game of the week. It, it for should good be. Reason. And I'm surpri- surprised it's at that time. Yeah, a little bit. I'm also surprised it's at that spread. Give me Alabama. We're going to roll over Texas A&M. I know Johnny Manziel, you know, he's been looking forward to this. You know, this is his big game to kind of silence the haters. Nick Saban has had two weeks to prepare for Johnny Manziel. They've had a whole offseason yeah, yeah. to prepare for Johnny Manziel. For Johnny Manziel. Over 14 um, points for Alabama. And I think Alabama, uh, you know, he's not much for, like, running up the score or anything on anybody. But I really wouldn't be surprised if it got to that point where they were blowing him out that they blew him out worse. you got to make a statement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, you can't stop Johnny Manziel unless you hurt him or you suspend him from half a game. Um, but... After game suspension, it's still <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. But I think that so he's going to score. He's going to score points. We know this. Um, Alabama's you know got a good defense, but I think he's still going to score and everything. I just don't think he's going to be able to do the same kind of things that he did last year. Um, the the weakest unit by far on the field. I mean, like there is no question. It is Texas A&M's defense. Certainly. If you've watched the first two weeks, they've given up way too many points for who they've been playing. I mean, especially yards on the ground. Yeah, it's absurd how how bad their defense has looked. I mean, they shouldn't have even needed Johnny Manziel in that first game. And um, I, yeah, I I don't think it's going to be you know maybe not even be as close as two or three touchdowns. I I think Alabama is kind of out for revenge this year on them. Mm. I, I totally agree. 
And we make our picks beforehand, so if they happen to be the same, it's just I guess we think alike sometimes. Mm-hmm. Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets going into Duke Blue Devils plus eight at four thirty PM Eastern time. I'll take the triple option of Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds a little bit like a lot of eight, but Duke had some relative success last year, uh, but they've never been a football program that it, you know can, can string together some wins. I think Georgia Tech can do that, even though they're not the best team. This is kind of a, a little bit of a low-hanging fruit, this one. Um, yeah, Duke, Duke lost one of the best quarterbacks they've had in a long time there this past season. So... Um, I, and I mean, even last year, at some points where they were competitive, they just would collapse at the end of games sometimes. And I think last year's team was much better than this year's team. Um, Georgia Tech, you know, they just kind of wear on you, wear on you, wear on you until you miss a tackle, and then they're kind of off to the races. And I mean, they'll pass the ball too. I really don't think they'll have to pass the ball to win this game. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think they can cover. You know, more than a touchdown. Mississippi State at Auburn, minus six at 7 p.m. Eastern. I wanted to put the Ole Miss and Texas game here because what happened at Texas? <laughs> Holy cow. Giving up all those yards on the ground to BYU. Mm-hmm. They're not looking like the possible Big 12 favorites for sure. They, they need one. a new defensive coordinator because they they got rid of <laughs> But this one didn't have a, a spread on the USA Today mm-hmm. uh, page that we were looking for. So we picked Mississippi State at Auburn. Uh, what do you think? Thoughts on this one? Um, I'm gonna go with Mississippi State. I just think they're a better overall team. I think maybe Auburn's still about a year away. I mean, Auburn looked pretty impressive against um, who was it? Didn't they play Washington State? Yes. Begin the year, and I think Washington State's a lot better than they were last year, obviously. Um, but um, I, I still think that uh, Mississippi State's just got more more talent than Auburn. I'm taking them. Yeah, both teams play, you know, powder puffs. I mean, Alcorn State for Mississippi State and then Arkansas State for Auburn. So mm-hmm. it's really tough to say. Uh, I, I think Auburn's going to be a little gutsy and pull out a win here, cover the six. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mississippi State didn't look too impressive their first week. And, yeah. you know, we were picking them to to win that game, and I was a little let down by them, to be honest. Uh, so I'll take the Tigers, cover the six. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame is back on primetime again. <laughs> this time not with an awkward as hell Eminem interview during halftime. Because <laughs> uh, they're going to Purdue for their in-state rival that they at first thought is a bigger rival than Michigan. I don't know what you're thinking. Like, this is not a national game. Mm-mm. But I guess it is now. Notre Dame at Purdue plus 20 and a half at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. I got the Irish. Uh, Purdue... Can be a bit of a scrappy team, but I was impressed with Notre Dame's, you know, not just their talent, but that Michigan game, they actually controlled both lines of scrimmage. And Denard, or <laughs> Devin Gardner, <laughs> he, he played a lot like you know, Denard yeah, Robinson, you know, especially with some of those read options you know, to bounce the runs mm-hmm. out to the outside. Devin Gardner made enough plays to in a way, take over that game and win that game for Michigan. But I think Notre Dame, to get three touchdowns, I think they can do that. Give me the Irish. Yeah. Um, I want to say, like, didn't Purdue lose a game earlier this year? They probably did. I thought they got, like, blown out earlier this year. Was it by, like, Cincinnati or something? That sounds right. And then we know what happened to Cincinnati this week. Right. Um, yeah, forty-two to seven, Cincinnati yeah, against Purdue in Week One. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, at the beginning of the year we we're kind of thinking, oh, Purdue might be a little bit better this year, um, but it just so far it hasn't re- really worked out for them. Um, and I think Notre Dame is definitely stepping down in competition this week when they're playing Purdue. Um, Purdue just hung on to beat Indiana State last week, twenty to fourteen. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's unreasonable to think that they that Notre Dame can beat them by three touchdowns. I mean, Notre Dame, you know, pretty much they got some help from Michigan's mistakes, but they went head to head with Michigan. I mean, that game wasn't a blowout by any means. So, um, and and right now, I mean, if you're looking at it, I I got to say Michigan's probably the favorite to win that conference just by right the now. performance and then the injury at Ohio State. Um, 
that I, I think that Ohio State Cal game will be interesting this weekend. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think three touchdowns is reasonable to say they'll cover that. If you're picking an extra point this week, it's Iowa at Iowa State plus two and a half. I think you go with the Cyclones here. Mm-hmm. Iowa lost a pretty gnarly, you know, FCS game. They're one of the ones that drop in week one. Um, and I think you know Iowa State. It's a pretty close spread, two and a half. You can have a field goal go either way. I'll take Iowa State at home, but for what it's worth. Yeah. Um. I, I'll just go with Iowa because. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to go with Iowa. Good pick. Going with Iowa. All right, so... Hey, you go with Iowa, you win either way this week. That's true. <laughs> Winner from state of Iowa. Uh, but, you know, if you have your you know team that is not there in the pick six and you have a team that you're representing, like I am with Michigan and Joel here with West Virginia, I've got Akron at Michigan, minus 37. At noon Eastern. You know, I, I've talked about how I don't like Michigan blowing out teams. I don't see it happening. Gosh, after that Central Michigan game, I think it's possible an Akron is just <laughs> that bad. I'm going with Michigan to cover the 37. Uh, I'm going to regret those words. I'm going to regret those words, but I'm going with the blowout. Um, see, I'm going to like flip what I usually do, too. I'm going to say, I mean... It looks like we have a pretty solid defense this year, but our offense, you know, we're, we're still not really sure who the quarterback's going to be and everything. Now, I know Georgia Georgia State lost by, like, 50 to another FCS team. They last are the year. worst. They're really bad. But because I'm unsure about our offense, we could win 35 to nothing because, you know, our defense looks like they're going to be good and still not cover that spread. True, and I think that's a reasonable percent. amount to win by against anybody. So I'm just going to go ahead and take Georgia State because I don't think that, you know, I don't think we're going to win like 40 to nothing. I think it's going to be probably like 30 something to nothing. Gutsy pick. All right, we go to the NFL in week 2. We start with the Washington Redskins at the Green Bay Packers minus 9 and a half at 1 p.m. Eastern. I think 9 and a half is a lot, but I think Green Bay, you know, has an improved defense from last year. You still have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and, you know, while a lot of the games were very close in this week one, you know, Washington, short week. Mm-hmm. They got to recover. I know Green Bay fought pretty hard to win that one. Give me the Packers. I think they can cover that nine and a half uh, on a still reeling Washington team because that Green Bay offense is going to be up-tempo as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to say it's going to be a close game. I think Green Bay probably wins, but I think it'll be a bit like a field goal or a touchdown, something like that. So I'm going to take Washington in the spread. Um, you know, I, we get to see if Clay Matthews will, you know, tackle Robert Griffin out of bounds. <laughs> it's going to be so slam. Yeah, and maybe that's the reason that the game's closer. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to take Washington because I think it's going to be a close game. Mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys at Kansas City Chiefs. What do you think on this one? Um, I got Kansas City. I liked how they looked last week, and I think the Cowboys got a lot of help with those defensive touchdowns against the Giants. I think, you know, without that, Giants definitely would have won. Um, I just really liked how Kansas City looked, and uh, I don't think I don't think the Cowboys are, you know, quite to that point yet. I think maybe later on in the season they'll get better, but I don't really think they're to the point yet where Kansas City is right away, which was really surprising. Totally agree with you. I don't think Dallas is there yet. They got helped a lot by those turnovers, and by a lot, I mean a lot. Granted, Kansas City played Jacksonville. They are awful. Mm-hmm. Kansas City is definitely improved. Yeah. I think three, they can cover that against the Cowboys, especially in Arrowhead. Tough place to play. Mm-hmm. Give me the Chiefs. Tennessee Titans at Houston Texans in an AFC South showdown. Tight, our Texans are favored by 10 points. And I'll, I'll take the Texans. Uh, granted, you know, Tennessee played Pittsburgh pretty well at Heinz Field. But I don't see that magic kind of capturing itself twice. I think Houston's got a better defense. J.J. Watt can run rampant on that offensive line and Jake Locker and you know Matt Schaub and 
Arian Foster can do enough to win. Yeah, I mean, Houston's got a much better offense than Pittsburgh, let's face it, and uh, I, I think better pass rush, too, in J.J. Watt. Um, that's, I, I really just see Houston being able to do whatever they want in this game. Pretty much. Denver Broncos at the Giants. Plus four and a half. Broncos are favored. It's at 425 p.m. Eastern time. Who do you have, Joel? Um, is that right? Is that four and a half right? I believe so. For some reason, I was thinking that was going to be more. Huh. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> um, I don't know. Does anybody really want to play the Broncos after? It's the Manning Bowl. Manning Brothers. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think that the uh, I think what how far the Broncos go this season is all going to be determined by their defense. And, um, you know, we, we took away a few things about their defense from the the game with the Ravens because, you know, the Ravens had a pretty good offense going in that game, at least what we thought. Um, you know, they lost some people in the offseason. But, um, you know, at least for this game, I think it's all about those new receiving threats that the Broncos have. I, I mean, that's what that first game was about. I think that's what this game is about, too. So I'm going to take the Broncos. Got the Broncos as well. Um, Got to like that momentum going into... I, they're at two opposite ends you know, of the spectrum here. Denver's coming in white hot. Peyton Manning playing out of his mind. And Eli Manning, I mean, he had a really nasty turnover right in the beginning. I mean, throwing it right to the... Defensive lineman. This is a team that is trying to get over its own hurdles. They brought back Brandon Jacobs for a one-year contract to try to solve the running game. I think Denver's offense is too much, and it's just getting started. Mm-hmm. Give me the Broncos to cover the four and a half. San Francisco 49ers going to Seattle Seahawks minus three. This is the Sunday night football game, now theme sung by Carrie Underwood <laughs> and not Faith Hill. I've got the Niners. I don't like how Seattle looked last week. And I know at home it's a different place than they got the 12th man. Although now I've seen other teams try to take on the 12th man. I'm like, no, look, it started in Texas A&M. Seattle tried to do it for the NFL. And now I can't imagine, you know, Buffalo having the 12th man. Like, that's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like the 49ers to win that division. And I think it starts with the head-to-head matchups. Um you know, Colin Kaepernick is playing better to start the season than Russell Wilson is. And they've got a bet going with Madden that the winner of that game has to make the loser of the game shave one of their eyebrows <laughs> between Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson. That is apparently not a joke. The loser of that game has to shave one of their eyebrows. Give me the Niners. Does that mean that, like, whenever you buy your Madden 25 and the new DLC comes out, you will have shave eyebrowed version? You know what? They've made on-the-fly adjustments to stats based on real-time events before, so... They should do it. You never know. I mean, I'd probably Photoshop buy the, the game for that. They've got the headshot <laughs> image in there. Maybe Photoshop an do eyebrow it. removed from that. Yeah, do it. Um, I'm going to take the Seahawks just because better defense than the Niners did last week um I I you know I, I think Green Bay maybe looked a little bit better on defense than we were expecting I still don't think it's anything close to what the Carolina Panthers is Panthers I think have the best front four in the league maybe even the best front seven um they've really stacked things up over there which is why everybody's been talking about you know if Cam Newton could just play well all the time, then yeah. they'd be really good. Because um, I think I really think they're legit over there. Um, so I, I'm going to take the Seahawks just because I think one of the reasons they kind of looked bogged down last week is because they were going up against one of the better defenses in the NFL. Well, that and you're also traveling across the country, and that's always well, tough that's when you're going west to east coast. I think I think returning home, they'll look a lot better. All right. Finally, the Monday night game. Pittsburgh Steelers go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Minus seven. Bengals touchdown favorites at home, and I like them mm-hmm. as touchdown favorites. At, 
the the offense for Pittsburgh was looking pretty dismal when they couldn't score a touchdown until the end of the game against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cincinnati's defense is going to be better. Um, you know, they were against a, a tough Chicago Bears team last week, and they kind of even choked that game away too. Uh, A.J. Green getting the pass from Andy Dalton. That connection is working well early in the year. I'll take the Bengals at home to cover the seven. Yeah, I I was really surprised by um, the Bengals losing to the Bears. I, I think a lot of people, I a lot of people, you know, they were favored mm-hmm. this past week because they've accumulated a, a lot of talent on that team, and I think people were just expecting them to be, re- you know, really good on defense, and you know, being able to manage the game. They brought in some good offensive players too, but I, I just I was really surprised by that. I still think you know they have enough to take care of the Steelers at home. Um, you know, a lot of the things with the that's going on with the Steelers, it's you know different. You know, they've changed a lot of their receivers. Um, one of the running backs they thought was going to be there at the beginning of the year got hurt. Um, they just looked really bad last week on offense. Um, and that defense is getting older. so This is true. Well, that does it for our, our predictions here uh, for this week. And I got to say, I am exhausted. <laughs> I'm coming off of this my second podcast tonight for the Show Me News Network. And uh, it's been a bit of a rough one, to be honest. Now I get to go catch the end of the Tigers game because... People are panicking here. They're right now at five and a half games up on the Indians. And, gosh, I didn't even think, you know, the playoff prediction on ESPN has the Tigers making the playoffs at a 99.6% chance. But they were down to four and a half yesterday. And now there is the fear that they might blow the division lead with only a few weeks left to go. Oh boy! So that's gonna be interesting to see. But the AL wild cards looking to be very interesting. Same with the NL wild card, you know, concentrated in that central no. division. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Pittsburgh is a half a game back of St. Louis, and that was tough. I mean, St. Louis came in and swept Pittsburgh. That was surprising. So, gonna be very interesting to see how those you know, play out through the rest of the season. Uh, anything else that's notable here? Uh, Von Miller gets another gets his traffic citation on top of his suspension. That can't be good. Uh, Derek Jeter's back to the DL. His season's over. He only played 17 games this year for the Yankees. Uh, that, that's tough. Yeah. Hmm. And then it's uh, Paul Bear Bryant's 100th birthday today. Oh, yeah, I saw that. So, so happy birthday to him. But, mm-hmm. you know... Good old Alabama football decided that would be something to promote on social media today to make everyone change their social media Facebook icons to Paul Bear Bryant wearing his fedora hat on <laughs> so September weird. 11th. So weird. Good, good idea there. Good old black and white photos. Good idea, Alabama football on September 11th. Yeah, let's, mm. let's talk up your, your legendary coach. Well... <laughs> I think that about does it for us here on Down the Sidelines this week. Mm. We'll be back next week with more predictions, more stories, more more just insanity in the sports world, I guess you could say. With that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. Have a good one. <laughs>